Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 400. Holy crap, 400 episodes, eight years later, we're still alive to tell the tale. Uh, no hidden bodies. Nobody's, I say, is dead for the most part. So, hi! <laughs> oh, man. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm Dijiron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. And how is everybody doing tonight? <sighs> I'll take it as not so well, then. Given the episode number, you'd think it would be over the fucking moon, but it's just not the case. I mean, to be perfectly honest, every time we've done sort of like, you know, a milestone-type episode, we haven't really done much. I I know we did loot for the old um, VOG Network setup for, I think, for episode 300, I think. I think Mm -hmm. we did. Maybe I'll maybe when we hit episode five hundred, we'll do something pretty spectacular. I, I I honestly don't know, so we'll see. So anywho, we are live week of March, April second, two thousand nineteen, here on Twitch TV. You can find us at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. We are here live Tuesdays at nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're not watching us on Twitch, if you want another site, you can follow us at live.vognetwork.com with a pop-up viewer. That or Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session or Twitch TV slash Vogue Network. And we're also on Discord. You can find us at vognetwork.com slash Discord. All of the live shows on Vogue have a channel, so come by, chill out, and have a grand old time. So it's it, and that's that. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed the little uh, pre-show that we had before the stream. I, that was something I threw together through my with the help of my friend Wind of the Stars cosplay out in Vegas at the very last minute. Because I have to admit, this has been one hell of a Sailor Moon weekend and week. Just saying. So I'm just like, uh-huh. wow. What was that? I can barely hear you, fam. I said, mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. Um, so for those of you who are just joining the chat right now... Um, what you missed was uh, Glitter Guardians performing I Know Starshine at WonderCon 2019. And it walked away with Best in Show. Nice. Yeah, the Sarah Miyu cosplays were amazing. And seeing them up front from a photography point of view and seeing them done from a technical point of view, they are amazing cosplays. And what I really enjoyed the most about the uh, the skit that we showed it was very simple and straightforward. No fancy choreograph. It was just simple hand movement, arm movement, body movement. Something simple everybody could do. And the fact that, you know, they had the, all of the senshi, the, uh, the starlights, and and it was like completely body positive. And I, and I totally enjoyed that. It was so great. So once I, once I get the information of the link where... It's available on YouTube or Facebook. I will be posting it on our fan page, so you can definitely check it out for yourselves. It is an amazing skit. So, 
Now that we got that out the way, let's um go ahead with um how was your week? How was your day, Ari? Oh boy. Well, I got paid today, but it was much less than usual because I have a fucking garnishment to deal with. Okay, I I've been there, so a year. So now I'm just scrambling to you know look over every single little you know promotional thing or other account or bank you know just actual physical bank they put coins in that I have. Making sure I can actually cover the rent this month. Eh, you'll be fine. I mean, it happened to me when I was at Staples several years ago. Evidently, it was an old debt from a credit card that got written off. Somebody got a hold of it, and I ended up getting paid out. I had to pay out for it. What was really messed up was the fact that I got the paperwork like a week after the garnishment started. And I was tr- and I went through the court system to tell them to stop because they did the garnishment before anything else. And I'm like, at least take the money after taxes, not before, because they took the money after taxes. My check would have been a lot bigger, but I still have to do eh, that too. Eh, mm. eh, it's fine, it's fine, you know. So, but the, but a lot of the uh, you know case numbers and whatnot, I, I recognize the sequence of numbers as my dead dad's social security number, so. I've got all sorts of red flags going up over this. Well, there you also, go. But they also said that once it starts, it's not going to stop until it's paid off. Actually, that's not true. If that paperwork has your father's information and not yours, they broke the law. So you can go to the courts and tell them to stop and be like, this is my father, not me. And he is not on this planet. So you cannot collect from a dead man. He's in a, bu- he's in a bag and a box on one of my shelves. Fair enough. Um, let's see. I also had that sleep study, which I got moved forward to uh, this past Saturday. Yeah, how did that go? Uh, poorly. Well, number one, they spent like a half hour like electric, uh, hooking me up to all these like electrodes on my head, yeah. as well as you know, stuff around my neck and all. And uh, I, I was still taking the medication. It made me go to the bathroom a lot, so it was even harder to fall asleep. And I had to, like, disconnect from the machine that they had me hooked up to. And, like, as well as this big, like, breath, like, a mask that they put on your face like this. Mm-hmm. Like, strapped around your back of your head and your forehead. So you were sort of like the Borg Collective in there. Oh, God. It took me four hours to fall asleep. And I don't know what the hell the uh, results are or what they're going to tell me. Or if I had to get one of those sleep masks and the machine, the little, like, breathing machine or whatever that goes with it Mm -hmm. but i just gotta wait and see so it hasn't been a fun week for me at all Eh, what as the saying goes what doesn't kill us makes us a lot stronger Eh. makes us also want to throw throw stuff at people too or just you know beat them up hope they hit the ground disappear and leave a leave behind a pile of small change hey i'm all for that you know michael john how was your week how was your day uh, week and day have been, well, week was better than day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's my allergies or just, you know, everything catching up, but I was a little bit sick today. Still not feeling, you know, 100%, but this past week was awesome. And, um, Sailor Moon. That's, that's really all I have to say. Is I, I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I have uh, the weekend off, not actually really doing anything. Well, 
I should say not doing anything that I have to really travel for, uh, doing a paint night on Friday and hanging out with a friend Sunday. But yeah, nice relaxing weekend after basically going completely crazy for the last month. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. It kind of died down, then it goes into maximum overdrive one more time. So what yeah. kind of painting is it that you're doing? Um, well, it's through one of the chains, Pino's Palettes. Um, it's kind of like brightly colored and planet-y. So okay. I, I got a coupon for a buy one, get one free. So I take advantage of those. Ooh, fancy. Mm-hmm. All right. So my weekend day has been the same old same, except for the fact that me and Mako Chow went to see uh, Sailor Moon is Super Live on Saturday, and it was amazing. And we will get into that uh, in la- later on in tonight's show. Um, besides that, that has been it. You know, I've just been working at the new job is going really well, and I really can't complain too much about that, except for the fact that can't get my personal phone to work for, for work email, but. It is what it is. But on the plus side, I did need to get a new phone anyway, so I have that. Um, interesting story. So, as me and Mako Chan are getting ready to leave on Saturday, um, I, I, as, as everybody knows, I have a basement apartment, and there's a window right in front of the computer. So, I can see when people are coming back and forth, so. But also, if I can't see them, I can hear them. So, I hear somebody going up the walkway, and I pay it no mind, because it's a normal thing. And I hear somebody dropping stuff off, and I'm thinking it's upstairs. And then there's a rap at the window, and I'm like, did I get a package? I didn't think much about it till another rap at the door again, and then I go over, I go outside and look, and there was grocery, it was groceries from Costco sitting on my front, on top of my stairs. Three tuna steaks, a bag of broccoli, a 12-pack of water, a, like a two-pack and a box of Lysol, and like family-size liquid detergent and bleach. So I'm thinking it belongs to the neighbors upstairs, right? I say nothing, and I leave it be, because I'm like, well, they'll come around and pick it up uh, after after Shabbos, you know? We get back about a, around, I think, 11? And, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and it's still out there. And I'm like, what the hell? So Sunday, I text the upstairs neighbors asking, is it their stuff? I get a response of, no, we thought it was yours. And I'm like, it's not mine. So later that day, as I'm coming back from the lawn, as I as I did my laundry, and I'm going outside, you know, to dump stuff in my trash, they pick up the, the, the liquid detergent and take it in with them. I'm like, well, okay then. I look at it this way. They have four kids upstairs. They can use that detergent, liquid detergent a lot better than I can. So I left stuff. I collected the tuna steaks, but I'm probably going to end up tossing them in the trash anyway. So, but I, yeah, I, I would not, that's not something I would play with, but I am going to keep the broccoli cause I do have like chunks of beef in my freezer. So I will make beef and broccoli for dinner tomorrow night. That'll be tasty. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
so that's been my week and day. So let's see what else is going on here. See, come on, advance. Thank you. Let's see, housekeeping news. Um, uh, we do have a couple of updates. One I did mention about uh, about WonderCon. Uh, a second one. Uh, this didn't make uh, the normal news, but I'm going to make it here. Um, we had a death in the and basically in the convention cosplay community uh, earlier this week, I believe um, Sunday or Monday. Um, if you're lo if you're local to the, I say the New England tri-state area, there is a local group that come, that goes to conventions called Operation Hammond. They're basically like an additional first aid uh, team for. For conventions and they do fundraisers and so forth um the found one of the i guess he is the founder uh is I think james fedora everybody knows him as uh suddenly passed away on sunday and it seems it's from heart failure um on behalf of the staff here anime jam session my condolences to operation hammond family uh, there is a fundraiser going to help his family take care of things i will post that on our Facebook page later tonight or tomorrow afternoon. So, uh, what else is going on? Um, there will be a change in our convention scheduling. Uh, I believe we will not be covering uh, Escape Velocity this year due to scheduling conflicts. And I think that's it for con uh, for changes in conventions. Um, still got our Tuesday lineup episode, so I don't think we'll be taking a break anytime soon. Um, I am working on a couple of, uh, interviews, so when those come down the pipe, you'll know, and the best part is when we interview somebody, we'll have them on Skype video, so it'll be really fun, so, the more the merrier, I say. And now we go to the weekly shirt and plush. Each week, uh, us staffers will wear an awesome shirt or... Mako trying to put out a new plush, or whoever's on will show off something cool, you know, kind of break things up, trying to do little things that's kind of different. So, this week um, is the very first Sailor Venus shirt that I ever purchased, and I believe it's the oldest shirt that I've ever owned. Uh, I had this shirt back at the old 19, um, 1941 studios. And it's a really awesome Art Nouveau shirt. And if you notice, you got Artemis down here. And then up at the top, you see like the basically the different phases of Minako, Sailor V, and Sailor Venus. So that shirt's really cool. I think there are different variants of the Senshi. At the time, I don't know. I don't think this shirt is available anymore, though. Because like I said, this shirt is about... I think it's about six years old, so... Yeah, and I don't think it's your oldest shirt. Might be your oldest Venus shirt, that's but it's I'm, not. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is my, I th yeah, this is my very first Venus shirt. Yeah, because all the other Venus shirts I end up getting um while, like when I moved when I moved into the new um, the new studio here. All right, Ari, what's what shirt you got on today? Uh, this one I got, you know, a couple years ago. It's a it's riff on the uh, King of Strong Style of shirts that mm -hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura was had made famous. Yeah, yeah. 
with a strong being replaced with super effective, and that's how it came out. That's that. pretty cool. It's you know something I usually wear to conventions and stuff. Um, uh, Magfest, I think, like two years ago, I mm-hmm. wore it at a panel with the with about pro wrestling. It was hosted by Matthew and a bunch of other uh, you know re- big big wrestling uh, people. Right, right. He thought it was cute. He thought it was neat. This is the same night I got him to uh, record the bumper for us. That's cool. So, yeah, it was a fun night. Awesome. And Mako-chan, who is this plush joining the show tonight? So, this is Red Panda. Um, it is a character uh, slash art mascot created by Clover Puff. You can find her work over at Etsy.com. Uh, Mink Works. Uh, but she's also got a Facebook at Cloverpuff. She does really adorable, cutesy arts. Um, this is uh, a Red Panda, one of her little original characters. But she also does a Witch Cat and uh, a plushy uh, bat and things like that the plushes are really cute they are very well put together she does some uh, catfish as Mm. plush as well but she's uh, just her art is really cute she's got pins and shirts and various things like that with all of her uh, art on it as well or you know the plush is available on her Etsy but just pimping this out, I got it at ZenkaiCon two years, three years back. She is local to the area, so there is that as well. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I guess you could say that Panda. It's adorable. I, I guess you could say that Panda is a Gretzko's kid sister or something like that. Yeah, definitely a very cutesy art style if you're into that. Uh, but just. As I said, it's very well put together. Um, I'm not sure who she outsources to, but the plush itself is adorable and very soft and very squishy. So go look up some of her stuff. Well, you might as well go ahead and pet the plushie. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, so as as you can tell, uh, this week's episode is basically the day after April Fools. <laughs> so I threw I threw my hat in the bag because, like an idiot, not a word out of you, Michael John. I keep my mouth shut when you are actually saying it like it is. <sighs> but um, I forgot to renew our our web domains last week. And I thought I had like a few extra days before I could do it, but nope. Yeah, I I figured out Monday night when I got home. I'm like, why don't I have any email? Oh, so I went ahead, purchased the domains, and set it up. And because of the configuration between my hoster and GoDaddy, things kind of went the way went the way the dodo bird, and the site was down. So I'm thinking it'll take a few hours before it comes back up. So I just made a quick post saying, yeah, I'm shutting down the chat. I'm shutting down the podcast. We're done. And a few people fell for it because let's be real. If I'm going to end the show, I'm going to basically allude up to it and be like, well, we're winding down, you know, so. 
I mean, not for nothing. We probably have a good another couple of years out of this show, and maybe by then, we could go a couple more, see how things go. This is all fun and games. Um, but the site's back up. Uh, my personal blog's back up. Uh, the website's back up. So everything is good to go. So, anywho. Uh, by the way. Hmm? Wasn't something I was looking forward to seeing last night before going to bed when I uh, <laughs> wasn't really feeling all that hot, so... Hmm. Uh, for those that like Ronma's shirt, you can go on to Redbubble. The artist's name is Erifile. It's E-R-I-P-H-Y-L-E. And all of her Art Nouveau uh, Sailor Moon characters are on there. She's also done Death. But she's also the artist of the Salty Magical Girl, uh, which you can see in conventions probably bought off of Redbubble. Uh, but that would be the Chibiusa with the umbrella that has become kind of salty popular. Mm. But if you want any of those t-shirts, all of her art is on sale at Redbubble. At Redbubble. So definitely check it out. Now, as we said, you know, usually around this time of the year, uh, the industry tends to play pranks and jokes. One of the, one of my favorite jokes was when they when Sega released a 2D version of uh, Bayonetta, and you can only play it for about 15 seconds. You know, I I'm not really a fan of these, but I'm really not any better because, like, way back in the day, we're talking like early 2000s, like 2000, like three or four, I forget the exact year, but back when the hype for uh, Marvel, Cap- Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was, you know, cresting, mm-hmm. and uh, we were... and this is back when I was part of the uh, SureYouCan.com forums, and their little offshoots, whatever. Right, right. We, we all got together and we said, hey, no be funny, let's make a fake Marvel vs. Capcom 3 you know, announcement. And this was, you know, we we're going to make it all uh, 2D sprites, not a, not the 2.5D that actually came out years later. Hmm. So, you know, we, we all pitched uh, ideas and whatnot, you know, bouncing ideas back and forth over everybody, and uh, actually got the fake logo out and everything, and people actually fucking fell for it. Uh, well, yeah. Because you know, they didn't know how to... Re- how to uh, verify sources and whatnot and some people got really really pissed off at us oh poor baby i bring it up because a couple months ago in this other chat that i'm in on skype someone had brought and uh showed this picture of this like old uh arcade or like and i think like southern california or i think maybe somewhere in mexico but the, uh, it was like an old uh, Neo Geo machine with like four different games in it. Mm-hmm. And one of the display you know, headlines was a piece of paper with the fake Marvel Capcom 3 logo on it. And I'm just like, oh my god, I remember that so much. <sighs> it was kind of fun for a minute. Mm. And yeah, Dark Tetsuya, yeah, Capcom vs. SNK 3 uh, rumors, yeah, they were just as bad. I think we, we got SK versus Capcom, and we were just like, nah. That SBC oh. chaos was pure shit, but let's just move along, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so, as we said, you know, the industry likes to play jokes. So, 
our friends over at ANN posted some of the funny industry jokes coming out of Japan. So, <coughs> I will go through these uh, briefly. So, so this is part one of what they what they put together. They B Project did what was called Bambi Project. It's a spinoff starring the characters as as babies. You would buy that. Mm. Uh, play on Bang Dream uh, Girls Band Party, uh, going in the style of Isekai. Yeah. <laughs> but given the screenshot with the new review Starlight game coming out, it's plausible. And and Bungo Straight Dogs did the same thing from last year, the alternate reality school joke setting. Uh, Dame Prince added a hard mode. Uh, Don Machi, Memory of Freeze. The character art is basically redrawn. <laughs> oh, God. Let's see what else do we have here. Um, okay, we have the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure comic app. <sighs> yeah, Abba's T. Yeah. People would buy that, too. Mm -hmm. Kirby going square. I think it's a little... odd, but I'm pretty sure that would become a game as well. I think you give I... Sakurai enough time to do a look at this, and you probably go, oh, "I could probably make something out of this." Sure, why not? Maybe. All right. So what Link Horizon did? They uploaded a song that was written in 13 seconds. They're not going to release it, but it's sung by Yui Ishikawa, who is a voice actress for Mikasa, and you can hear. 43 seconds of the song on their website being streamed. Uh, you're, uh, one of my favorite, what, a, a cute anime I watched last year called Yuru Camp. Uh, they, there's an updated poster where it's called A Place Further Than the Universe. The girls of Yuru Camp try camping in Antarctica. That's more of a docu-reality than an anime in itself. Mm -hmm. God. Let's see what else do we have here. Um, Sega. Okay, this was a great one. After Sega Fest ended, the company's truck drove through Akihabara with the logo spelled backwards. Spelled as G-A-S-E. This seems more like one of those you had one job things. Or fuck when it. I put when I put panels of the of an advertisement on the bus in the wrong order, or they just said fuck it, let's just go with this. Now, Gosse. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> when I said when I said back when when you said backwards, I felt like they spelled like the whole thing backwards, front to back. It would be like, ages. Let's see. Uh, I mentioned Review Starlight earlier. This one where the song and dance troupe start a baseball team. Wow. Sound Euphonium announces a kids movie starring instrument mascots. <laughs> God. Toy Animation announced a spinoff of Star Twinkle Precure. Uta Makro Samaho de Culture. The rhythm game gets a new hard mode. Good God. 
Let's see what else here. Um, this one Mako Chan will probably get a kick out of. With Detective Conan, Kaido Kid hijacks the official manga app. Yeah, he does that quite often. Earth Defense Force 6 is leaked as Lunar Defense Forces 6. <laughs> that game ha- that game has a bit of a cult following here in the States. Let's see. Fate Grand Order. The game introduced a new mode resembling a more standard RPG called Fate Grand Order Quest. Honestly, I would play something like that. Let's see. For the record, I'm not going to read through all of these. I'm just looking for... Some of the good ones. All right. Love Live. Take a mock entrance exam for Arado Hoshi Girls Academy. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. My Hero Academia. They announced a new film called My Hero Academia Dai Kaiju Bakugo with Bakugo as a Godzilla-like monster. I mean, his ego's already there, so you might as well slap a body onto it. I'd watch it. (laughs) Why? I like Godzilla. Mm. The Promised Neverland. Okay. I watched the first episode of this anime, and I was like, I was already done. The first episode fucked me up. Therefore, what they did for, for a prank makes perfectly good sense. The official Twitter account is recruiting mothers for an inconspicuous nursery school. That's just wrong. Absolutely wrong. Okay, and... Oh, Mako, you probably get a kick out of this one. Uh, anime that, that I, we, we watched over the weekend. First episode. I'll probably go back and watch. So, let me watch the second episode tonight. The Quincento Quintuplets. One of the characters, Raha Isugi, becomes a magical girl, and Maho Shoujo Magica Raha are the quintuplet of which. That could be really bad. Mm-hmm. People would still watch it. I mean, yeah. Let's see. Um, Zombie Land Saga. Kotaro decided to make a movie with his zombie idols and a silent live-action film, One Cut of the Dead. Okay, then. Third part. Let's see what we got here. Bungo Stray Dogs. The game's homepage is now a kindergarten and all the characters are pint-sized. Ooh. Oh, this is... Yikes. This is a series I've been meaning to watch. Is the Order a Rabbit? The official Twitter account and website retitled itself as Clockwork Rabbit. The coffee house is now a hot bakery in Tokyo and staffed by personal floating rabbit-shaped computers. The special page can be unlocked if you manage to find the password hidden on the site. That's interesting. Kuroko's baseball. The team becomes delinquents, essentially. Basketball, not baseball. Alright, basketball, sorry. Still, I'd watch that. I think most of us would. One Piece Treasure Cruise. Usopp has taken over the game. I see nothing wrong with this. Even though One Piece is, to me, is a trash anime, it's only saving grace is Usopp because it's voiced by Kappa Yamaguchi. Oh, God. Precure Butt Detective. 
White the Header says, Toei announced that Precure Miracle Universe will collaborate with the Butt Detective anime. The detective will head to space to solve a mystery where he encounters the Precures. The anime film will be released on April 1st, 2020. Comedians Hikari Ota and Yuji Tanaka will both voice characters in the film. Hmm. I just had so many questions. This one I probably would have believed because this was a really good anime. Rascal does not dream does not dream of Dreaming Girl the movie. Character Mai Sakurajima stars in the film Haru no Mirai. Wow. Stand My Heroes. The film gets a Hollywood adaptation. Yakuza. Uh, supposed leak shows the video. Uh, supposed leak video shows. The latest game is a command RPG. I think I am done with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Forget that. God. All right, Mako-chan. I will help you with this one, but let's tell the people about Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon the Super Live. Yeah, this is uh, pretty freaking amazing. Yep. Um... Just because they don't bring this stuff over to the States Mm-mm. very often. Nope. So being able to actually see a Japanese, you know, stage show was kind of amazing. Uh, being a super live, it is more dance than singing. Um, they do more of a, uh, a concert kind of idol type thing Mm -hmm. but it's basically what they did is they told the first season um the first section the uh dark kingdom arc of the anime in uh interpretive dance a little bit of singing a little bit of all right so a lot of bit of overacting it wasn't well, it wasn't as hammy as uh, Yuga Yamoto. No, definitely not. Well, Yuga is Takarazuka. Takarazuka can get very hammy. No, no, this... no, no, no. Taka- Takarazuka can get hammy. Then, then, then there's Yuga. Yeah, well, Yuga gets a pass. I know. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was a lot of interpretive dance, a lot of, you know, fancy kind of stuff. They had screens up that did have the translations, but because it was more dance and very little actual dialogue, you didn't really need the translation um, very much. Uh, I mean, unless you wanted to see the translations of the songs that they did, most of it was kind of understandable just from watching what was going on. I did like, I really liked um, the art that they did for it. There was a screen in the back that had a lot of manga-esque art that came up, word bubbles, things like that, which was really freaking cool and really brought this to kind of a, uh, like, jumping out of the pages type thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will say, I, I, I've seen... I've watched the musicals on DVD and VHS. I've seen a live in anime Matsuri. 
I've watched idol shows at, at, the, at, the, at the city cinemas. It was like a nice blend of column A and column B. I like the fact that even if you didn't know the full story of Sailor Moon, the way it laid out, it was very easy to understand. And even though they had a couple of screens up for translations, you really didn't need it unless you were trying to sing along with the, with the music. Which I believe, when he did Ultimate No Policy, I think at that ballot version, I think everybody clutched their pearls at that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, as much as I loved it, though, there were some things that just irked me. How? Like what? Um, I actually was not a fan of most of the girls' voices. Well, you... And I don't know if that's just because this was their last show after having toured overseas and then coming here. Um, I don't know if it was just because they were looking more for dancing than for singing. But, Yeah. Well, I will say the way they did the show, I was quite surprised by it. I figured the entire event would be a full 90-minute presentation, not a 60-minute presentation followed by a 30-minute, like, mini-concert, you know? Mm-hmm. And they really didn't... Now, one thing about Love Live concerts, you you, you get your, your glow stick, and when certain character actresses are singing, you put, you'll put your stick up in their color. Uh, and they had the they had the glow sticks for sale, and I have mine, and and I did wave it for Venus when she was singing, but I didn't see a lot of people doing it. So I think if they had mentioned that, you know, you know, have you sticks up for particular for them to, you know, or have like a little card, I think more people would have been more participating in that. Also, yeah. how much were the glow sticks there? Thirty bucks. Thirty. Oh, the whole pack for them? No, it, it wasn't glow sticks. It was um, at idol events, you get basically a wand that you can change the light color oh, okay. to represent the color of uh, the idol that you're rooting for. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and what was different is these light sticks actually came with a lanyard, so and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. My other issue is one, I know that they weren't going to do the entire show. It's just too many characters, too many people to bring overseas mm -hmm. for something like this. Um, so they did, you know, at the beginning, I don't want to say dumb it down, but they got rid of three of the generals right off the bat. Right. That was like the first thing that happened. Um, so it actually started pretty far into it and you could tell that they were mixing the timelines of when things were happening and what was going on. Um, my other gripe is that, and again, this is something that you could see was supposed to happen and just didn't either because of time or they didn't want to ship it, but Sailor Moon never became Princess Serenity. And you could see in the show when it was supposed to happen and the big reveal, but she was still in her, you know, senshi uniform. 
so that was disappointing. And I think it kind of disappointed a lot of people just that there was no big white gown reveal. You know, maybe they will take notice of this and get some input from from people. Because I'm kind of hope I hope that the Super Live does come back next year, and it'd be more of a two hour show. Well, I think the Super Live is done. The Super mm. Live was the one that was actually created as a touring group. True. That's the one that started in France and then um, went through Singapore. So this was, was, I mean, it was originally created just to go through a tour and we were basically the last stop. And it was two different uh, touring groups too. Uh, Two different touring groups in um, France and Singapore. Yeah. We got kind of a mixture from the two of them. Oh, okay. Cause I didn't know. Cause I didn't know if we got team moon or team star. No. uh, I think. I don't remember what they actually labeled the team as, but we got a mixture of the two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the barrel that came over was specifically the barrel for this team. Okay. Like this was, I think, their quote unquote top combination. Mm. Well, I will say one thing I did enjoy was, you know, following them on, on social media. Uh, there's a picture of them in their Seifukus at in Times Square, which is really awesome. I think I have that saved to my phone, which I'm not. Which I'm surprised is not my wallpaper yet. Um, seeing some. Script- I haven't seen that one. You have to show me. Uh, I shared it. Uh, I think this morning. Yeah. Well, Facebook sucks. All right. I'll 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 send it to you directly. Overall, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I was a little bit more starstruck and more excited about this, and I think they kind of picked up on that, seeing how the show came together as a whole. Um, oh, they they definitely know now at this point just how popular something mm-hmm. like this would be. Uh, the fact that you know everything sold out yeah. as quickly as it did, even the merchandise. Yeah. Um, we weren't even when we got there. It was you know oh well we have two of this size shirt and we only have forty left of this size shirt. And they were taking uh, plastic at this one for some reason it was just cash only at DC. So yeah. So I mean they completely sold out of everything that they brought with them. I'm pretty sure they sold out of the posters too no. by the end of it. Because no, that's they, all that was left. I think at there were still point. posters. So. There were still posters. I think so. But yeah, I mean, the fact that all of their merch sold, the fact that you know they the uh, venue itself sold out, mm-hmm. um, and they did three shows in New York City that yep. sold out. So I so just... I, I I would hope that Japan is watching. And seeing this stuff and saying, hmm. Just hmm. And, and I hope they understand that there are people that go to Japan for these events. Like, there was a couple of people that I am friends with that were at the 5 o'clock um, uh, performance that actually has gone to Japan to see it live. <sighs> 
Now, now this is something I, I want to discuss briefly, then we can move on. Um, I got into a bit of a tussle with a well-known cosplayer in regards to something like this. The Still the same thing, but different event. Now, we've all been there. We go to concerts, we go to events, and what do we do? We take our phones out and we take pictures. Some of us will take these pictures to share to our friends. Some of us will take these pictures to hold on to them for keepsake. Some people will also record video. Now, this one cosplayer said that people shouldn't do that if the venue forbids it and that you should buy the concert DVD. So, and I get where she's coming from with that. And I get where the venue is coming from. But I look at it this way. There are people who realize that this could be their one chance to see like this this troupe or this group on st- performing or something like that. So they want pictures to commemorate and share, not necessarily to distribute to other people. Now, I totally get it. If the venue says no recording, then you have to respect that. But if they're not really enforcing it, then, you know, you get what you can and you hold on to it. Granted, I really didn't take any pictures of the super live because I was just more enthralled about being there in the first place. I love I would have loved to have gotten a screenshot a picture of all the intersection on stage, but I didn't. It is what it is. And I know for a fact that they're not going to re- there's not going to be a, a physical DVD release of this. And if there is oh, well. if there is it'll probably be from another city or country and it'll probably be a different show. And I, what bothered me is that this person was being quite stubborn about it. Like, rules are rules. And I'm like, I get rules are rules, but can you understand where these people are coming from? I get, evidently, she's too spoiled for her own good. Now, I discussed this with another person on Twitter. I believe it's the peop- person that runs uh, moonkitty.net. She understands the view. And I was like, I appreciate that, and I am thankful that you were we had like a common ground, common understanding of this. Now, if the venue says don't do it, you don't do it. I mean, I, when I saw headphones president, I think I had, I took pictures cause we were allowed, but if they said don't, I would not have. And to be perfectly honest, I'm glad I got pictures when I did because it's been several years since they've been in the U S. So, you know, what are y'all's quick thoughts on that? I think, and I, I think this through all of the genres, um, that artists that get really, really bitchy about having, you know, just seeing a sea of phones, I do get that. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's not interrupting anybody else, right? you know, as long as it's not blinding flashlights in your face, let the individual fans enjoy celebrating what is going on as they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely really enjoy keepsakes, whether that's pictures or video, but you know, and, and you want a little something to show that you were there, not necessarily something physical, but something to, you know, uh, spark, those memories again that you don't necessarily have to keep forever because it's picture. 
Mm-hmm. And it's online, and now it is forever. And it's also a reason why some people buy merch from these events, but if you can't buy merch, you do this, you know? Right. I mean, some people spend thousands of dollars to travel and then get the tickets and see these people, you know, give them some sort of opportunity to have a memento that they don't have to shell out money for. Mm-hmm. Plus, even if, plus, even if everyone's holding up their cameras and phones and like taking pictures, the group mentality is going to be like, they can't take them all from us. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's kind of understandable if it's like at the end where everyone's doing like the bows and stuff like that. To me, that's kind of understandable. All right, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into uh, tonight's news. We're going to get through this kind of quickly but efficiently. Um, Ari, what's up with this Japanese company's sexual harassment seminar? Is It, it seems uh, like it's quite an eye-opener. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Had the tab open. Uh, let's see. Sexual harassment is a big problem in companies around the world. It happens most often when men, particularly those in positions of power, make unwanted advances towards their female associates or employees, and sometimes the women are forced to accept these advances in order to get a promotion. It's simply one-sided abuse. Japan, unfortunately, is a country that still seems to have a tendency to blame the victim, like saying short skirts cause sexual assault. Thankfully, however, more companies in Japan are now taking countermeasures such as requiring their employees to attend sexual harassment seminars. <clears throat> Methods differ, of course, but most of the shocking and likely effective ways to teach sexual harassment prevention might be to tell men in no uncertain terms that they just aren't attractive in the eyes of female employees. If that's what the uh, this tweet, but the story by a Nikkei news curator is uh, supposed to be. And I will link, give you a link to uh, in the chat so you all can follow along. Mm-hmm. Although it might be considered somewhat insulting, this opening activity is an effective way to remind you that just because a woman is nice to you doesn't mean she's interested. Mm-hmm. This is the most effective, this is the most especially important for men in managerial positions to remember. If the woman isn't nice to you, she could lose her job. It seems to apply. She's not nice to you because she wants to sleep with you. Which can be, then be translated to do not try to sleep with her. Yamaguchi's tweet spread throughout Japanese Twitter because it's not only amusing, but one with a moral to it as well. Hmm. And a lot of people also approved of it. <laughs> Those who didn't like the message complained that their activity itself is a form of sexual harassment, which also just sounds like more victim blaming. Uh, maybe by making men feel uncomfortable but after someone commented on their looks, they'll understand the feelings of women around them. Perhaps that's the goal. In any case, no matter how confident you are in your looks, harassers of the world, the next time you want to make advances towards someone who's being nice to you, think about who you are and where you are and who you are and decide whether that's really an appropriate thing to do. In other words, respect everyone, respect women, and don't be a dick. Again, we keep, we we can't believe we have to keep saying this. I think we have to keep saying it and then walk around with, with beating sticks to, you know, to reiterate that fact. So. <sighs> All right. Aren't we having fun today? This is what you call fun? Yay, fun. Mm. 
All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Marco, <sighs> destroy this one, please. So, yeah, um, so Kamea Khan basically has come out uh, about what's going on. And, you know, they did announce that Vic would be coming back as a guest. And that was done on March 22nd after they canceled him on February 2nd. So since that announcement, five voice actors Mm -hmm. and multiple panelists have announced that they are no longer, you know, attending the convention. Uh, Kamea Khan's statement, the staff clarifies that under no circumstance has any guest influenced our contracts or negotiations. <laughs> Referencing allegations that Kamea Khan guests threatened to withdraw from the event if Vic was invited. <clears throat> the staff reiterated that they are aware of recent cancellations by guests and reassure attendees that Texas law enforcement will be on hand at the event. Kamea Khan stated it has a zero tolerance policy for harassment and violators and uh, violators will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. So going a little bit further, basically they had no other choice. And I call bullshit. Um, Anime News Network obtains one of the guest contracts which basically says that the convention cannot cancel a guest after they have advertised or promoted in any way to appear at the event. And they can't change the parameters of this agreement or cancel the guest's appearance for any other reason than those outlined basically stating, you know, act of God, fire, act of government, Mm. Um, things of that nature, event cancellations, or something to the effect of a previous contract or a contract through the, you know, through their people overriding this contract. Um, So that's basically what is coming down to is that they had no choice but to re-invite Vic or be sued. Now, this is something that they should have said from the get-go. And between you and me, I think that if I was the con chair, I probably would have taken the option of, I will see you in court. And seven. I probably, at that point, knowing how many other guests and people would be leaving, um, Mm -hmm. causing grief with you know, other set things for the convention, I probably would have bought the person out of their contract. Yeah. Meaning, basically, you don't have to appear, but we're still going to pay you. Exactly. As in, if I give you this, will you go away? Basically. Basically. Because now that five voice actors and actresses are canceling, a lot of people who plan to go to this con are probably, well, I'm not going to go now. 
that one of my friends, she's going because she already booked her flight and all of that. And she says after that, it's not going to happen again, which I totally understand, you know. And as X 75 says in our chat room at twitch.tv slash anime jam session, here's a bowl of ramen. Go the F away. Not wrong. Yes, yeah, so right away once this was done, Monica Riel, who voices Bulma, uh, Damon Mills, who is the Frieza understudy, and Jason Douglas, who is Beerus, all announced right away that they would no longer be attending the event. And it's just grown from there. Yep. You know, and I will say, I, I do understand the aspect of, like, Say, people saying that Funimation is plotting this, he didn't... I, I get that. People will run their mouth. But if I was the con chair and these allegations are coming forward, I would be contacting people that, like, studios and be like, what's going on? This, What can you tell us? And if they're reiterating what's going on, that's where my decision would be. Because I would be doing my own internal investigation. Like, that. that's just my thing is... Um, Rooster Teeth and Funimation both did an investigation into what was going on, mm-hmm. you know, and fired him because of that. Not just because, you know, oh, you know, there's a bunch of allegations against him. They confirmed that the ones that were spoken of, at least by their co-workers were true enough to fire this guy. Yep. And you have to remember, this guy makes them money. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get rid of him just on the word of a couple of people. You know, there are things that, yes, you want to get both sides of the story. But then there are, you know, when you, you've got seasoned you know seasoned industry people saying no this is true you know it's no longer just a he said she said it's a he said and she said and she said and she said Mm -hmm. and she said Uh and each story is not identical I mean it's identical but they have their own similar experiences you know yeah I get what you're saying I mean, yes, you want to not necessarily give the accused the, you know, you know, you you don't want to say, oh, no, it's okay. But you don't want to blame them right away without proof. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of proof. Ignore the fans, you know, that have the pictures and, you know, the ones that people think are making it up. You have industry people that have been saying this for years. And some of them are just finally tired of it. Yep. But this stuff has been said for years. This is not something that went, oh, you know, I'm going to say this now. No, these people have been saying it for years. Now it's just out of listening. Exactly. It's just at a point now that people are going, oh, well, you know, that's not right. Maybe we should actually do something about it. Yeah. I don't think there's any much more we can discuss about this. There really isn't. So 
we're going to go ahead. Yep, let's cut the tension a little. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Love Live. Now, what about Love Live? I will tell you. There was a spin-off smartphone game that ended its service recently. It was a tap puzzle game that came out around this time last year. The company behind it, Poke Labo, announced that the game Puchiguru Love Live, that they halted the sale of in-game jewels on Thursday, and that it's going to come to an end. It's sort of like in a way with of the Sailor Moon drops, so I guess it's not as popular as it once was. It would have been nice if we had a chance to actually play it here in the States, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, Marco, why don't you take this one, and then Ari, you take the next one. Okay. All righty. So it seems that those that have seen the Fruits Basket uh clip at their local theaters Mm -hmm. have had uh, quite a bit to say about uh, character Motoko Minagawa, who is the president of the Prince Yuki fan club. In the original anime, her hair is a light kind of golden brown. In the new anime, her hair color is completely different and is an indigo color. And a lot of people are questioning, not necessarily bitching, but questioning, you know, what's going on. So Fruits Basket creator um, basically says that she is supervising this anime and everything that's going on with it. And she responded to fans stating that if you actually look at the manga, the indigo color is what her hair is described at. Um, And while she does not mind what the color ended up with in the original anime, since she is going to be supervising the coloring and supervising the character design and everything that's going into it, she wants to make this as true to her vision of the manga as possible. So she says, yes, that there are going to be some aspects of the new anime that people are not going to like because it's not going to be based off of the old, the original anime, but based off of the manga. Gee, where have we heard that before? Yeah. Mm. It's like that meme about the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones and everybody's upset. And there was a meme that showed... um, Watch the episode. Watch the episode. Watch the episode. All these people are upset. Yeah, there's one person grinning and it said, read the book. Mm-hmm. So. Huh. When, the, when, animes, when animes are redone, it's going to be a lot closer to the manga. It's not a redux of the anime. So if you're going to complain why, why the anime is different from this anime, it kind of shows that you didn't read the manga, so I suggest you hit the books. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have to say that, you know, especially with the creator actually being as involved as she is, yep. 
Um, she's actually serving as executive supervisor for, you know, the series composition. So obviously she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's not going to screw up her own thing. She's not purposely pissing you guys off. She's trying to put out the best that she can from what she wants. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand this is her series. You might not like because you now all have, you know, blinders on where it comes to certain characters getting together or fanish kind of things Mm -hmm. you have to remember that 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 what is in your head is not what is in her head and what is in her head is the truth Mm -hmm. you just get to play with it exactly no need to be that butthurt over it seriously now, as long as the art style is, you know, not wonky and jacky like some of the other, you know, anime that's out there that mm-hmm. gets re-released better than it was originally, um, I, I don't think there's any issue. As long as the characters are still the characters that we know and love, who cares about hair color? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Very minor thing to get all bent out of shape over. For some people, it's minor, but for some, it's the end of the world. Let's have a revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, um, Ari, what's up with Sakura? Uh, let's see. What indeed? Back up here. We're gonna put it there. It is. <clears throat> uh, if you want to bring us. If you want to bring a bit of spring flavor to your social media, Twitter is collaborating with Cardcaptor Sakura to add some cherry blossom to use your post until April 30th. Ooh. Using the hashtag SakuraKinamoto, it has a kanji for it, will automatically add a pink, a pink flower emote to t- emoji to Twitter posts. And yes, it works, and it's adorable. I'm going to try that right now. The hashtag is part of Japan's Twitter Japan's larger... Sakura Saku campaign to explain expand the joy of cherry blossom season. The social media service also created a moment of screenshots from the Card Captor Sakura Clear Card Anime series. A retweet campaign with award twelve people with Card Captor Sakura goods. You retweet campaign will run the we te- ah, I can't talk tonight. You retweet campaign will run until April fourteenth. And using the hashtag for Sakura do- donations to the nonprofit organization Sakura Line three eleven. Mm-hmm. Their mission statement says they will plant cherry blossom trees along a 170-kilometer line, marking the areas where the tsunami reached furthest inland. One tree planted every 10 meters, anywhere beyond the line will be considered a safe place for evacuation. The sign will also serve as a, mo- as a memorial so future generations will not forget what happened here. This is the March 11th tsunami that hit Japan's mm-hmm. Tohoku region. So, uh, yeah, that's all. That's very good of them, and I want to try this out for myself to see what happens. I've tried it t- twice on Twitter, and it's precious. Yep, I see. It appears automatically right after the, uh, the, uh, you copy and paste it. So, that's nice. That and as you said, yes, precious is the right way to describe it. Yep. 
Uh, now, we talked about this uh, last month where I believe Funimation is increasing their prices. If not increasing their prices, they're changing their pricing point to three different tiers. Um, I think we also talked about another service raising their price point. I don't remember. But Crunchyroll is, is going to be doing the same thing. Prices are now going up to $7.99 a month. Yeah, this is Crunchyroll's first price increase. Since they even started. So it's not so bad. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's going from six ninety five to seven ninety nine. Or if you want to save a few dollars, just pay seventy nine ninety nine a year. I mean you're saving you're saving about thirty bucks a year. About twenty, thirty dollars a year by going yearly like that. Uh British subscribers will go from four ninety nine four four Point ninety nine pounds to six point fifty pounds or sixty four ninety nine pounds a year. So, as per the company, they said the website has a count of twelve million active monthly users, out of which two million have paid subscriptions. The site was earlier fan dependent and worked with content that was often pirated. It now works with major Japanese licensors and claims to hold more than ninety percent of the world's anime content in its library. The price rise is supposedly part of natural evolution, which does make sense. And I will say that ninety percent is on par because they are streaming stuff from other companies that I have I haven't heard from in a very long time. Current monthly subscribers can continue with the same price for another three months, while annual subscribers will be exempted for a change for another year. So, lock in now. Now, as they say, due to rising costs of content infrastructure, now is the time to introduce new subscription pricing. This price will help us to bring our community uh, more of their favorite shows, allow us to create even more experiences for them to connect with each other and through a shared passion for anime. Okay, AT&T, I, I know you're listening, so I know that you own the company that owns Crunchyroll. I understand the price raise. Money goes up for licensing. I get that. Pays for it. But you gotta put money in your servers, your back end. It's like a ten can string. I'm watching Crunchyroll and I'm catching up with the latest episodes of Boruto. And the last three episodes, last three, do not have descriptions in the app. I opened the app up and it wanted me to log in. I had to sit there and wait five minutes for it to sync. Come on, y'all need it to get a new UX designer, you need to get somebody off their ass to make sure that the titles and descriptions and summaries are updated. Please and thank you. Hmm. Other than that, yeah, if you're going to be raising prices, you have to show what that's going towards. Mm-hmm. And now, this came up at the very last minute. Um, I, I can co- I cover this. Go for it. Uh, we talked about this, I think, about two, three weeks ago uh, about uh, Pierre Taki, an actor and member of Japanese technopop Denki Groove. Uh, basically, he was uh, arrested for cocaine possession, and anything that he was a part of was basically pulled, such as uh, the... Uh, uh, Disney's Frozen, where he's the voice of Olaf. He's a character in the game, one of Yakuza spinoff games or something like that, and that got, and Sega halted sales of that. Well, what happened was, prosecutors uh, basically indicted him yesterday. 
in regards to this. The 51-year-old, also known as Japanese voice, as I said, Snowman of Olaf and Frozen and other films. What happened was he had allegedly inhaled a small amount of cocaine at his apartment, not in his home, back on March 12th. Management office Sony Music Artists Incorporated announced that it had terminated its contract with Taki following his indictment. Also, his future schedules and activities of Denki Groove have not been set. Prosecutors did not say whether he has admitted to charge of violating the narcotics control law. Officers at the Health, Labor, and Welfare Ministry Narcotic Control Department who arrested Taki on March 12 confiscated a South Korean banknote believed to have been used for inhaling his cocaine. He has told investigators he has used cocaine and cannabis since his 20s. Taki's arrest set ripples throughout the country's entertainment industry as he had been acting in multiple TV programs, including a supporting role in the public, NHK, public broadcaster's NHK year-long drama, Itadan. He has been replaced on that show. Denki Guru has performed a number of overseas music and dance festivals. This year, the group, which includes Taku Ishino, took part in a tour to celebrate its 30th anniversary. Wow. And as me and Mako were discussing earlier, Japan does not play around. Here in the States, here in the States, something like that could up your clout in Japan. That'll just kill your career. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I really don't. Except that we are going to go back to Japan for Meanwhile in Japan. Oh, boy. I will take the April Fool's one since I've been covering the bulk of the April Fool's story on tonight's show. Okay. That gives me the first one then. Yep. Alrighty. So, yeah. Uh, the literal and proverbial shit hit the fan. <laughs> so, yeah. So, last December in Nagoya's Higashi Ward, two boys aged 18 and 19 entered an apartment building and went to its roof. Once there, one of the boys fired up their camera while the other whipped down his pants, positioned his butt over the ledge, and proceeded to use the world as his personal toilet. Their issue is they posted the video and clearly shows one of the boys' faces. So, Really? Yeah. That's the issue they're taking with this? Well, that's the issue in how they got caught. Yep. Among so, other things. Yeah, so in March of this year, the police formally charged both of the teenagers. Uh, the two admitted to charges of trespassing since neither lived in the building they pooped off of. Um, yeah, so it's unclear why trespassing is basically their only um, charge considering exactly what they did and everything that had to come from that yeah um, so the video has been largely taken down but you can still find it floating around on the internet 
blown uh, and, and it of course the internet went the little crazy with it um, too bad he didn't fall off this behavior is like a sickness and they should be isolated to prevent it from spreading this is like something a three-year-old would do of all the pieces of shit seen in that video, those guys were the biggest. Um, and these young men will be of voting age soon. They want to check, to check around cards. Are these guys in kindergarten? So, yeah. Um, don't poop off roots, uh, roofs, kids. That gives me meaning to when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah, well, that ain't even... Yeah. Mm. And you thought you had to worry about bird poop. Ugh. Yeah. What if it hit someone's windshield? What if it hit someone? <laughs> yeah. We'd be able to hear their scream from here. Unless their mouth was open when it happened. Ew. <laughs> this is not one of those videos. We're not going there. You're making this worse. Stop. That was that was from a skit from uh, Robot Chicken. Okay. Any episode of C spread. Yeah. Thanks for that, Theo. That, yeah. That's the least of our problems. Mm. I'm surprised that wasn't the second article tonight. What about dropping a deuce? What? <laughs> well, as we talked earlier about some uh, April Fool's pr uh, pranks and jokes in the industry, over on our friends at Sora News 24, they've called the top April Fool's Day pranks out of Japan. Such as this. Instant noodle brand P. Young um, is no stranger to making crazy ideas a reality as evidenced by last year's super, super, super big portion Gigamax Yakisoba noodles. Today they announced super, 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 super. Super, super, super big portion Gigamax 365 with almost 800,000 kilocalories. And it says on the box you would need about 48 gallons of hot water to heat the noodles. That can easily feed a small platoon. KFC oh boy. put out a bucket of bones as part of their menu. Available on their own for 250 yen or each in a bucket for 1,500 yen. How do, you, how do you like them apples? This one we talked about at the beginning of the show. Kirby going square. And it was on its official Twitter page. 
Japanese watchmaker Seiko announced that they would be bringing out a new timepiece for the overseas market featuring a watch made from a Japanese rice cracker called the Seiko Cross Senbei Rice Cracker Watch. And the numbers on, on the watch are tiny pieces of seaweed. And it comes in three different flavors. Soy sauce, sesame, and sugar-coated zarame. Lego puts out an app, put an app called Find My Brick. What you do is you open up the app and you tell it the brick and the color and it finds it within a pile of Legos. And it helps you to identify it. That sounds incredibly useful. Yeah. But what's interesting is that in the Love Live anime franchise, um, the, the April Fool's Day joke became from last year became a reality. And as complimentary follow-ups, Mari Kondo Spark Joy Police Tasers. And I see nothing wrong with that. All right, Ari, are, are you ready? No, but let's uh, let that stop anyone. <laughs> Giving you last rights, my child. Masturbatory aid rice topping sparts into life with Japan Tango Furikake. What the fuck <laughs> did you just unleash on me? <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. <sighs> Many would argue that self-pleasuring is one of mankind's oldest pastimes and a perfectly healthy activity. Few, though, argue that it's particularly appetizing in the literal make-you-hungry-for-food meeting. That is a sub-tenka maker of Japan's most popular masturbatory aids from dabbing in foodstuffs, however. Back in February, they released a line of tenka, tenka chocolates, and now they have tenka furikake rice topping. Thankfully, furikake is not a creamy condiment, but a rather powdered one with common ingredients such as dried bits of egg, fish, or plum. You'll also be happy to know nothing comes out of enthusiastic Tenga users goes into the Tenga for a kake. I didn't need to hear that, and I kind of <laughs> presumed that was the case, so thanks for that. Instead, it's made with oysters and garlic, the latter especially being around in Japan for purported purported ability to promote arousal and help a man's stamina. Let's not get into the oysters. <clears throat> Alvaro Wanuma Furukake is sold in every grocery store. The Tenga Furukake isn't available for egg purchase. Instead, if 100 bottles of it will be given to customers who buy the new Premium Tenga Premium Fisher's Cup, Fresher's Cup, and scan the QR code with their smartphone and enter the one supposedly st sexually stimulating rice topping. In Japan, freshers are the term used to describe first-year company employees, and the premium freshers couple is designed as a congratulatory salute to all the young men in Japan who will be starting full-time adult jobs in April, which we kind of touched on last week. Mm. When the Japanese 
and whose newly obtained financial independence will allow them to move out of their parents' house, get a place of their own, when they, where they can enjoy a level of privacy that lets them masturbate to their heart's content. And with this mixture of garlic and oysters, as well as ginger and egg, the tenga furikake actually sounds like a pretty appealing mixture, even if you're more interested in filling your stomach than stiffening your dick. <laughs> It's important to point out that a little bottle of Tango Furukake comes in a decorated stripe similar to those of the company's product. It doesn't look particularly large, so avoid using it like a regular... Who the hell would do that? Who the hell would use a spice jar to get themselves off? Evidently somebody will, because this is a viable product. Oh. And the crack on your skull gets bigger. Oh, God. This time... You're welcome. Can we just stop, please? <laughs> are, are you done? I think we're all done. Are you giving up? Yep. Okay, then. Thank you for joining us for episode 400 of this cracktacular episode of our show. If you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We are independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So if you have any questions about the show, you can drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to know what's up. We're here to believe you. And when you have a chance, swing by our website, which is up and running at AnimeJamSession.com. On this site, we post links to our podcast, cosplayer tips and tricks, cosplayer interviews, our photos, our videos, anime reviews, and other cool stuff. So you have to check us out at AnimeJamSession.com, and I believe we will be having a review of the Super Live up real soon, so definitely want to check that out. And don't forget, you can find our show on various podcasting sites. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Player FM, CastBox. Basically, any program that you use to find podcasts, you can find us. Just do the search Anime Jam Session, and you can, and we'll come up, subscribe, and listen. And we appreciate that. And a lot of you... Pardon me, I've been, like, sick all night. <laughs> gotcha. Thanks, Theo. Thank you for the happy 400. We appreciate that. And don't, and don't forget, on these sites, you can leave reviews, so drop a review or two. We'd love that. We'd really appreciate that. And don't forget, you can find us on social media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Anime Jam Session. Just put it in. You'll see our stuff. And to everybody who follows us on social media, thank you so much. We could not do this show without y'all. So now, we're going to go around the room. Last words, Mako-chan. I hope I can get to bed at a reasonable time after this. Gotcha. Last words, Ari. Yeah, I'm totally done with this night. My last words, um, I think I have laundry to put away. Well, that is it. End of list. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. We're going to get up on out of here. I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I am Mako-chan. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Bye.
Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Perfect. We're out of here. Good night. Production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!